I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in peace. Good job, Joe. Good job. <clears throat> you know when... Uh... Oh, he's still gone. You good? All right. Uh, yep. Oh, there it is. All right. Uh, when <laughs> when Joe does the open, that means Dallas isn't here. Uh, he is maybe sleeping right now. He, what, the A's just went from Toronto back to Oakland. I don't know who they're playing. But yeah, West Coast trip back to the West Coast. Time difference. We had to go early today because I have to go to the Cape. My first time ever seeing a Cape League baseball game. First time ever. And I've had to defend myself multiple times on this. How the fuck have you never been to the Cape League? (laughs) Told you. You grew up on the North Shore. You vacation in New Hampshire and Maine. You grew up on the South Shore. You vacation um, down the Cape. And people are like, still counting family vacation. None of my friends like baseball. None of them. How do you think I got into like talking about baseball professionally? I didn't have anyone else to fucking talk to. All my friends like hockey or golf or like finance. They're fucking, they're like actual people. They don't just, they don't talk about sports anymore. It's crazy. What about, do you guys have like, do your friends, Jay Hay, like do your, do you guys like have baseball friends from like childhood? I mean, you grew up with fucking KFC. Of course you do. Yeah, I have. I 
I would say a good chunk of my friends are still baseball fans and sports fans in general. Like I would say rabid sports fans is closer to the truth than disengaged in sports. Um, a lot of that's football at this point, but I, I have a half dozen friends that I would consider like pretty invested, hardcore baseball fans. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. And, and even the ones that are not those baseball are like fans. friends that I've not met through baseball. Those are like yeah. friends of mine for 30 from, from 30 plus years ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like one of my best friends in the world doesn't like baseball, but he is a huge hockey fan. And I saw him, I don't know, three, two, three, two, three months ago. And I was like, yeah, you know, you still watching the Bruins like they're having literally their best season ever. And he's got like a one year old. He's married. And he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I DVR the games and then I kind of just like go back and watch them when I can. And like, that sounds like the worst fucking <laughs> exist. Like at that point, just read the read a column about it. Like, to, how do you watch sports not live? That's insane to me. I, I, I can actually so I can relate to that a little bit. Uh, I'm also an NBA fan. So I would there were some of those 10 o'clock post uh, playoff games. Over the last two months, like 1030 starts or something when there are two games in a night that mm-hmm. I was just simply not making it to mm-hmm. uh, because of like child care necessities. And so there were times where I would get a, I would I would tape it or NBA TV often replays them anyway the next day. Uh, and I would watch it at like five o'clock the next morning as I was just sitting there hanging out. And it's not like. If it's your team and you are like significantly emotionally invested in the outcome, I think that's probably an untenable way to watch sports. Yeah. Um, but if you are just generally interested in the sport, um, I, I actually liked it. It felt like it, it felt like sports coverage round the clock for me, as opposed <laughs> to rewatching something that like, it's not quite as good, but it was a good facsimile of the experience. I thought, yeah, I mean, I, I, I said before, like sometimes to prep for this show, like I'll watch condensed games, um, but I'm not going to sit down and be like, oh, like uh, I, I saw the Mets Phillies game and, and there was a big implosion. I'm going to go back and watch the two and a half hours leading up to that just so I can have all the juices going by the time the, the bullpen meltdown happens. I'll just watch the whatever it is, 11 minute condensed game and then it, they're going to show it to you. Like you're unless, like, I guess, like if they were there, there are to me rewatchable baseball games, but they're obviously all playoff games. Like I can go back right now, sit down and watch Blue Jays Rangers, like the Batista walk off game. Like that's rewatchable to me. Uh, game four, the 2004 ALCS between the Red Sox and the Yankees. Like that to me is a rewatchable baseball game. Um, but yeah, baseball's, I don't know, it's just different. Like I, you can you can watch a condensed game and still still get all the cliff notes, all all that you need to know about that. Um, Joe, do you have do you have baseball fan friends? You're a YouTuber. There's no way you have friends. Mm, yeah, exactly. Hit <laughs> a ride in the head, dude. <laughs> only only friends I have are the podcast listeners. Yeah, that's that's and... facts. They all like baseball, so the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And thousands. You have thousands of friends. Thousands of baseball listener friends. Thousands. The Discord and Reddit pages are our, are our friends. Are you a Discord <laughs> guy, Jay? Uh, Discord guy? I mean, I don't know, but I am in the. 
I, I am in the baseball is dead discord for sure. I get in there and mix it up all the time. They know they know I'm there. I've introduced myself. They know I'm there. <laughs> well, it doesn't say Jay Hey. It's like my old username, so it's yeah. it's a little confusing. But yeah, yeah. So you're just you're out there with the people, man of the people, Justin yeah. Havens. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas afraid to come on the pod after that scorching. Yeah, <laughs> he he is uh, he's a sleepy little baby. But that's what happens. Sometimes you can't come to work because you're too busy working. That's fucking uh, what last last episode I recorded in Arizona, flew home, then did an episode of Name Redacted that night. I have to do that again on Thursday. I'm gonna do Baseball is Dead from Boston, fly to Chicago, do Name Redacted in Chicago. Friday, do some NASCAR thing, and then Saturday go to Wrigley. Hopefully, I'm gonna try and get Biebs for you, Jay. Oh, I would love. Please do that. Tell him I said hello. He'll be like, "Who?" Um, and then, but wait, is the NASCAR thing? That sounds like you're just kind of like a a celebrity making an appearance sort of thing. Is that what's going on there? I I think there's gonna be some baseball NASCAR crossover. To, I don't know. I honestly don't okay. know. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't know. I think uh, I'm going to assume NASCAR drivers are Braves fans. Like, that's Woo! probably a safe assumption. So we're 100%. just going to go and be like, oh, man, Austin Riley. What's up with Austin Riley, man? You love Matty O? You think he's going to have more homers and show? Hey, man, shit. And then then I leave. I'm just going to do that for like a couple hours. Then the next day, I go to Wrigley. Try and get. I think uh, you'll really endear yourself to the people if uh, if that's your plan. I think that's yeah. a really rock solid idea. Yeah. That's my that's my point of attack. Um, I highly doubt it's going to happen, but I'd love to to get like even five minutes with Marcus Stroman. I feel like it. it like to I talk to him or f- or fight him. To talk to him, I like him. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Feels like he's got a lot of beefs on the internet. Yeah, so I, I'm, I was just about to compare him to CM Punk, who uh, Dallas texts me a picture because he's up in Toronto, or he was up in Toronto. He's like, who's this? And he's in the same gym as CM Punk. And he's like, he's like, do I, do I go up to him? Like, what's his real name? I was like, don't call him his real name. Like, he does not like that. I was like, don't. Like, he, like, he, he's a very... Like if you see a CM Punk in the wild, like there is a, a a manual on how to approach him, and it is not by going up and being like Phil, what's up, dude? Like he he does not like that. And then Dallas, the innocent person that he is in the, in the wrestling space, he's like, should I tell him that I'm I'm buddies with Corey Graves? I'm like, no, 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 no. don't tell, don't say that. I'm pretty sure they have beef that goes back years. And I was like, don't do that. I'm like trying to like coach him on how to approach the guy. I was like, just call. I was like, don't call him CM. Like, that's cringe. Uh, just call him punk. Just be like, hey, what's up, punk? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and tell him who you are. Be like, I think that he'll, he'll respect you because you're the Oakland A's broadcaster. Um, and feel free to name drop that you do a podcast with me. So he goes up, talks to him and punk nice enough to be like, hey, we'll get you tickets to the show. I mean, I don't I don't think he went because it was last night. <clears throat> the A's would have been in the air by that point. But uh, AEW did a show, uh, pay-per-view in Toronto last night. It was fucking great. Uh, but yeah, Dallas just approaching 
CM Punk in the in the wild and having to get coached through it. That was uh that's quite the experience. Which I, I I hopefully at some point Dallas is gonna wake up and join the show. I I think that's the plan. Who knows? Who knows if he if he ends up here at any point. I wonder if CM Punk is on a a podcast today, a wrestling podcast, talking about how nervous he was to meet, meet Dallas perfect game holder Dallas Braden um, of the Oakland A's booth. We could probably get him on. So that was that was my point was like, you just never know with him, like what what kind of mood you're going to get him in. But the reason why we get along and the comparison of Marcus Stroman is like they have very, very, very small circles and they have a very small list of people that they like or that they will do things with. And for whatever reason, I'm on both lists. So I'm going to try and get Strowman. Doesn't seem like it's a promising situation. I feel like he just does no media. I feel like there's just like no exceptions with him. Um, But we've done something with him before. He welcomed Dallas and I into his house. I think that was spring training 2019. We went to his house, did something like on like the back porch there. Uh, Like nice little view of whatever body of water that was. Um, And then CM Punk, same thing. Like he does not, he's not like the warmest and fuzziest guy out there. But for whatever reason, we get along great because he likes baseball and horror movies. I was like, that's, that's what I like. So I think that's, that's my retirement plan is to do a horror podcast with CM Punk. I mean, not that his performance needs it, but I think Strowman, I mean, everybody could afford the bid bump heading mm. into free agency you know That's what i true. mean he's looking That's for true. that big payday just get on the podcast like juice juice your stats your mm-hmm. kind of your you're just kind of your standing within popular culture a little bit more yeah um i think it works yeah come he on hates Marcus. The media hates him <laughs> yeah but j- j- i mean you're you and joey and i are just you know two guys no, I'm blocked. I don't know. I don't know if he's you're really blocked. With me, dude. Oh, that's not blo- that's not a great. How indicator. did you get blocked? Ah, uh, dude, long story, man. No, I think uh, it was like I posted like a video of him like <laughs> what was he was doing foreign substance or something. It was like 2020, and he fucking blocked my ass. I didn't even tag him. Damn. I just made a joke. I said, "Look, he's cheating." Ha! I was being sarcastic. You know, uh, it was a joke. I was being like, "Look." Caught him cheating, caught him lacking. It's and a good that, icebreaker then, for the interview. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the oh, blocks, this guy like, Joey. That, how many? I want no. I would tell him right now. Pull up your Twitter. How many <laughs> people do you block? Because <laughs> he's got like he's notorious. He's a you gotta blocker. you gotta mute people. Don't block people. You just gotta mute people. That's the way to go. All right, we gotta take a break and talk about Zin nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve lasting chains, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, 
Every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, but every Monday we, uh, we re-enter the week. Everyone takes their favorite storyline from the weekend and we talk about it. Everyone's got a little something, something to bring to the table. And this week it's presented by direct TV home to the most local MLB games. Shout out to direct TV for, uh, sponsoring the segment. It is uh, yet another week in the baseball world. And I think we would be doing our listeners a great disservice if we did not open the segment by talking about the Cincinnati Reds and Atlanta Braves series. I feel like we would be doing a great disservice by doing that. Friday night, game of the year. Absolutely the game of the year. The Atlanta Braves go up five to nothing. The Cincinnati Reds come storming back. Two homers from Joey Votto, who I said I, I dipped my toe into Reds Twitter, and it was the it was a hot take vortex when Joey Votto came back, and some people were saying, you know, oh, he's gonna ruin what we got going on, and some people were saying, fuck you, he's a legend, and he's gonna make things better. And lo and behold, Joey Votto homers not once but twice in that game. Ellie De La Cruz. If you were like, that was one of those games for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it's because they announced that it was a sellout. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, you got the Atlanta Braves on a eight game winning streak, I believe, at the time. Then you have uh, the Cincinnati Reds who were on an 11 game winning streak coming into that series. Going head to head, sellout crowd. Geographically, how fucking far away is Atlanta from Cincinnati? Why were there so many Braves fans there? Braves country. But like, why were there so many Braves That's everywhere. Fans? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. There are a lot so, of Braves Ohio, fans. Ohio is nowhere near Atlanta. I don't think that. I yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. There are a lot of Braves fans there. Um, but Ellie De La Cruz, it was one of those games. Like I, I had just the a Reds. Quick six hours and 46 minutes away. Oh, that's not bad. But, but it is near West Virginia. So that's probably why. Yeah. West Virginia, you just like the Braves because. Country boys. Country boys. So, admittedly, I had the Reds-Braves game on the big TV that night. Uh, I just, you know, maybe it's because the Red Sox are so mid, but also because I feel like I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't locked in on Reds-Braves that night. So, I'm watching it. And Ellie De La Cruz first at bat, laser. 117 off the bat, straight to the wall, double. It's the second hardest hit, uh, it's second hardest hit ball, not just double ball in general, um, in Reds history. 
since they started recording StatCast data, which was 2015. Um, then he comes up again. Bang. Homer. Then he gets an RBI knock. It's like, well, there's, you know, there's obvious, there's uh, obvious cycle candidates, and he's got to be the most obvious of all time. Like, if, you're, if you've checked double homer single and you've only got triple left, Who's the one guy in baseball right now where it's like, this is the no-brainer pick for who I want at the dish to complete? The, if you could pinch hit a guy to complete a cycle if you need a triple, you're probably picking Ellie De La Cruz. And what, does he, what does he do? Fucking triple in the gap. And ends up uh, with the cycle. Reds win. Crowd's going nuts. And I don't know how you feel, Joe, as a Braves fan. Braves took the series. But the Reds still put up a hell of a fight. Like it wasn't like, oh man, like they they had they rose to the occasion on Friday because the crowd was sold out and they were playing off the emotions and everything. On Saturday, they hit back to back homers in the bottom of the ninth. They lose seven six, and then yesterday they had the tying run at third base in the ninth inning in the bottom of the ninth. The tying run was ninety feet away. So I mean, the, the Braves won the series. But they got out of there probably feeling like, hey, the Reds are fucking for real. Like, yeah, like they they took us to the brink there. I mean, yeah, all three one run games. Mm-hmm. All three were like massive leads that were either I don't say massive, but four four run leads, four or five run leads that right. were either choked yeah. all the all the way, which on, on Friday, it looked like the Rays were gonna stomp them after the first inning. Didn't work out that way. But yeah, every every game was a freaking Slugfest in Great American Small Park. The ball was flying. Oh. Bro. If you want fucking <laughs> Jeff Francois said that. I swear to God, fifty-seven times the week, the whole weekend, that was his thing. Great American Small Park, and I was like, you know what, Jeff, you're right about that because <laughs> these balls are getting out of here. Everybody was hitting bombs. Mm-hmm. Matt Olson was hitting bombs. Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, everybody. The Reds have one good pitcher. That. That to me is the problem. And like, that's what we learned or what I'm going to take away from the series, other than the fact that we got three 1 1 games and that it was generally very exciting with lots of offense from some of the game's most exciting players. Moving past all of that good stuff, like the Reds pitching is not good enough. Um, and particularly their starting pitching. Like, I know we didn't see their best, but there really is no assortment of pitchers we could have seen in this series in terms of healthy people. That would have been a lot better. Like Luke Weaver, Graham Ashcraft, and Levi Strout combined for 14 earned runs in 10 and a third innings pitched. Like, I don't really know what that, like, you're not going to win. The fact that they won one game is probably like a good turn of events for that. I I just 5.91 ERA on the season overall for their starting pitching which is the second worst in the NL and third worst in baseball. And the only teams that are worse are the Rockies and A's who are like non-competitive not baseball teams. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're not, the stakes aren't the same for those two teams as they are for the Reds this season. And for as exciting as some of their position players are and um, that their success has been this year, I think we saw that against a great team like the Braves, they're going to come up short more often than not, I think, with that starting pitching. Yeah, and they've they've got some guys that are hurt as well, but to have Weaver go out there with his fucking six ERA and pitch like a guy with a six ERA, like no one rose to the occasion. 
<laughs> like in terms of starting pitching, you didn't have anyone be like, I know I suck, but I, I got a, I got some feel for the big moment and I'm going to go out there and surprise a lot. No, that just it simply did not happen. The Reds had to rely on their offense to uh, hang with the Braves and the Braves. I mean, like Matt Olson goes out there and he's got what, 25 now, 25 homers, Joe. Tied, tied at the lead, 25 homers. Ties Shotei a honey. Shotei a honey. And now you have, uh, I think Pete Alonzo hit one yesterday as well, so he's at 24. So, um, yeah, it is, uh, it's a series that I would love to see in the postseason. I don't know if we're going to get it. Not with, not with the Reds starting pitching the way that it is, but, you know. On, Why not? What? On, on, name, redacted, the on name Redacted, we, we were talking about how, uh, like James Paxton, for example, is a guy that is cheap and the Red Sox are super mid and that's the type of move that the Reds need to make where it's like, hey, this guy is a rental and we're in a way desperate. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, you can't bank on being good next year. Like you just can't bank right. on it. Uh, if you've got lightning in a bottle right now and you want to put some some more juice behind it. You go out there and make a trade like that. I'm not saying that the Reds, the Reds as they are right now. I, I don't know. I feel like that's. Is it is it smart money to say that they could they end up in the NLCS? Like I, I, there's just a lot of teams that are supposed to be good that aren't, but they could just be the the 2007 Colorado Rockies, where it's just hey, team of destiny. We're we're gonna get there. We're gonna find a way and. We may not be the best team, but we we just it doesn't have to make sense. But they're gonna have to make some moves in the starting pitching department if they're gonna link up with the Atlanta Braves in the postseason. Yeah, they're gonna have to make a lot of those. What do you mean, like, like compete with the Braves? Yeah, if you're going no, off no, no, roster no, a, construction, no, 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 not like like just to play match them. them. Yeah, to play them, not to match up talent wise. They just need a shot. They just want a shot. But honestly, I think the team right now could play the Braves theoretically like they just win the division it's definitely possible like this shit division and these guys are I mean every one of these young prospects are seemingly a beast like Matt McClain yeah beast does not get enough love by the way no because he's overshadowed by fucking Ellie like can you blame anyone Ellie De La Cruz is from a video (laughs) game I I don't think that anyone's (laughs) gonna pick him to be better but I feel like they're not even talking about him Hmm. Yeah, I got overshadowed like this, and I mean, that's like, what happens like, when like a six, seven fastest guy ever comes up and has seven celebrations and hits a cycle in the first two weeks. Yeah, like sorry, Matt McClain, you're you're gonna go in the background, but he had a better series than Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah, that's so. That's like people, like no one is gonna sit here and tell you that Ozzy Albies is better than Ronald Acuna Jr. Like I feel like it's very comparable in in that sense where. Ronald Acuna Jr., MVP caliber player. Ellie De, La, Ellie De La Cruz, I know it's been a couple of weeks, but has the skill set to be an MVP caliber player. But you know who Ozzy Albies is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's clearly inferior, but you know you know who he is. Like, McLean's going out there being like, hey, does anyone, anyone watching what I'm doing over here? Like, I'm pretty good too, but I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Ellie De La Cruz. I didn't have the, I didn't have the hype machine behind me. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing why, like, Jordan Walker gets no attention. Like, he's having a great rookie season. He's on a massive hit streak, but he ain't 
uh six seven with seven chains and runs a three second 40 yard dash hitting triples and cycles and shit like it's another it's another level for this guy and you know what the coolest thing about the reds is is that like they went on this winning streak as soon as la de la cruz came up and it's like the young flashy reds all these young guys banding together and then this old fuck joey vado <laughs> is like <laughs> in the minor leagues just totally everyone forgets that this future hall of famer is exists because all these young kids and for him cuz i you know for him to just come back and hit three home runs in his first like four or five games was like the dopest thing ever and the way he fits in with the squad and it seems like he's kind of make he's making it feel like this is not really my team. Like this is I am the leader. I am, I am a leader in my own right, but I'm letting the kids have fun. I mean, he's hitting bombs, doing fucking bat flips and tribal screams. He's putting on the Viking helmet. He's letting his hair down. I love it. That is a good point. Like he's definitely not gatekeeping the Reds. He's definitely yeah. not being like I've been here since 2001, and like this is my team. It's been my team. I've suffered through the shit years. So if we're going to go out and have a good year, then I better be the guy. Like I better he's be not, the, the centerpiece. He's not of wiping all. off. He's not wiping off Ellie De La Cruz's eye black. No. You know? No. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Freddie Freeman. By the way, 2000 career hits for Freddie. Woo! Beast. <laughs> uh Jay, hey, what uh what stood out to you this weekend? Yuri Perez. Mm. Um, I know I've hit on him a couple of times, but he kind of just keeps upping the ante uh, with his performance. Uh, he's on a 21-inning scoreless streak now, uh, which is the longest active streak in Major League Baseball. He lowered his ERA to 1.34, um, which is the lowest through a pitcher's first nine starts since 1973. Steve Rogers, I know we all remember that. Um, you know, He's just like I, I watched him pitch yesterday and like I know everybody did like the comparison with Alcantara in terms of his mechanics and kind of his build overall, um, which is cool. But he's just like such a pleasure to watch. I just I think it's very rare that you get somebody with his level of heat and also like the refined nature of his off speed stuff. Um, and it really made me th- above and beyond his own like insane performance and talent. It made me step back and think about the Marlins in general and you know that they've been exceeding expectations and um I don't remember whether we talked about it on the pod or whether I talked about it on the pod but I I know for sure that my sentiment on the Pablo Lopez uh Luis Arias trade at the time it was made was that I preferred it for the Twins who were getting Pablo Lopez and obviously we've talked about Arias and and how his performance this year has just been um you know, headline grabbing and the run at 400. And I think it goes without saying that they're winning that side of the equation. But like part of that is also that Yuri Perez has stepped in and not only done an admirable job eating the innings that Pablo Lopez otherwise would have provided, but doing so at like an, a Cy Young caliber quality. Um, and I just, I think the Marlins deserve credit not only for that transaction, but also like for this pitching prospect that they've developed to like, I, I don't know. I feel like for the, for a guy who has a legitimate claim as the best pitching prospect in the game, who is now in the major leagues performing as good as you could possibly hope a pitching prospect performs. I feel like we're not 
not we as a podcast, but like we as a baseball community are still not like latched on to this story enough. Like maybe it's the market, maybe it's the team, maybe I, maybe it's him for some reason. But I just feel like th- this is this is everything you could want in a pitching prospect, and I it's it doesn't feel like it's it's a story quite on the level that you would think. Why do you think that is? Uh, I do think the I, I think the fact that he plays for the Marlins uh, inevitably is part of it. Um, I think the fact that he's, you know, not out there giving like eye popping quotes or interviews or wasn't a guy who's who was a uh, a household name prior to his debut. Like baseball people obviously knew who Yuri Perez was and have for some time, but like, you know, his performance was he was like. I saw at one point, like in a scouting report or whatever, that it was like, this is the closest thing to King Felix that we've seen since King Felix was coming up as a prospect. And like, like I knew who King Felix was and the nickname King Felix years before King Felix debuted. And I was a teenager at that time, right? Like when he was coming up as a prospect. So I don't know. Like I just, I, maybe this will is one of those problems that will just solve itself where he's so fucking good that, he he forces you to pay attention, um, but there's nothing about his performance or the visual experience of of watching him pitch that should be any different than, you know, like Steven Strasburg when he was coming up, or um, like I feel like even Grayson Rodriguez got more hype as he was yeah, coming he up, uh, and he's he's obviously been wildly unsuccessful in his brief major leagues uh, experience before being sent down, but like. Yuri Perez is what we've been asking for, and he's delivering like every fucking time out. It's insane. Like the the I know I talked last time about like his fastball is like the percentiles that he's in, but like the once again it was to me it was his non fastball stuff that stood out in this start. Batters were zero for nine with five strikeouts against those three pitches, and that brings his season total up to nine for eighty eight with forty one strikeouts. Like this is just it, it's it's a finished package, and yet it's not. Um, and that's what makes him so scary, I guess. But I don't know. I'm 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 all over this one, and I don't care if like I have to be like the national Yuri Perez correspondent. Um, <laughs> but he's I think he's fun and a lot of red you, on that. Uh, baseball yeah, savant, savant page, ninety ninth percentile in fastball spin, eighty sixth percentile in whiff rate, eighty uh, sixth percentile in expected batting average, eighty. 3rd percentile in strikeout rate, 74th in chase rate. Yeah, a lot I, of red. And I've talked a lot. Well, you, it, sorry, go ahead, Joy. I'm just thinking it's hilarious is that you're right. He gets no attention. None, and like none. to get attention on the Marlins, you literally have to do something that no one's done since, what, the 50s and hit 400. Like that's the only way you get attention on the Marlins. And and I like, you know, I've, I've made a couple <laughs> of comments about some teams being boring and stuff like that. and whether or not those statements are true or have end up, ended up being true, like the Marlins are a team that I definitely went into the season being like, well, why, why am I tuning in on a day-to-day basis to watch the Marlins? And now, like, I think, I think they've given you reason to tune in with their performance, but on the offensive side, you have a rise, and on the pitching side, once every five days, not that they don't have other g- good or interesting pitchers, but every five days you have this guy, you can make a case that when Perez is pitching and a rise is in the lineup that, like, that's as... That's as must-watch TV as exists in Major League Baseball right now between an offensive player and a pitcher. Um, given the stakes for Arias and the fact that he's putting the ball in play all the time, like I, 
I don't know. They've really, really exceeded my expectations in every way possible this season. Yeah, I mean, he's a six. He's six eight. He's twenty years old. He's and he six eight. Yep, six eight two twenty. Twenty years old hasn't given up a run in his last three appearances. Like, what he's got one point three four ERA. Like, I mean, the Marlins in general just get no attention, and they've overachieved so much without Jazz Chisholm, without. Alcantara, it's kind of like scary. Like, could they be legit? If these guys come back, of course Alcantara is here, but if he gets better and Jazz comes back, I mean, this is a guy people are saying, oh, he could be the MVP. But he's hurt. Hmm. And Solaire, no one gives Solar Power any fucking credit. This guy hits bombs better than anybody. Better than Pete Alonso. I'm saying it now. Wow. Well, and we're, and we're now in a point like about the <laughs> about the Marlins getting attention or credit overall. We're now deep. We're getting deep enough into the season and the Mets are playing badly enough. Um, and some of the, and Jared got to it. We're like, are the, are some of these teams good? They're supposed to be good. Are they ever going to be good? Like the, the Marlins have banked enough wins and are in a position now, but the one game cushion on the first wild card where like, I think they have to be taken seriously on a different level, even though their run differential is still, negative like i just for some i think the nl is is different than we've seen in the past and i think we in some ways i and we need to take these like the phillies and the brewers and the marlins and these teams that are hanging around with negative run differentials and i just need to get over that because like i think mediocrity is going to be the story of the national league this season and like what what is the difference between like the the Cubs who are plus thirty two and the Phillies who are minus sixteen or the Brewers who are minus twenty one? Like I just don't, I'm not convinced that it's the same sort of gap that we would normally assign to teams with a fifty run differential between them. I don't know. The Marlins since May twenty fourth, third best record in baseball, only behind the Braves. They're actually tied with the Reds, and they're one game worse than the Braves. The Phillies are fifth. So let me just say, no, don't sleep on the Phillies. The Mets are shit. Obviously, everyone knows that. But NLEs is coming back. And the Marlins, I mean, the Marlins, this thing, I think everyone thinks they're fake as f- because they really do. Ha- they've won like a thousand one run games. Like the, the metrics expected, whatever you want to say, says the Marlins are the luckiest team ever. They're like the Mets last year, but let's not even bring that stuff up. They've played the easiest teams over the past few weeks. With that being said, when the cover of MLB The Show comes back and Sandy Alcantara is an ace again, which could happen. Can't tell me the Marlins can't make the playoffs. Mm. I don't know if anyone feels that way. Are people not respecting the Marlins? I know that people don't pay attention to the Marlins, but are people not <laughs> respecting the Marlins as a, as a legitimate playoff threat? No, that's, but that's what I was getting at is like, that that was fine to maybe view it that way at the start of the season, but like there's so much mediocrity mediocrity in the NL now that like whatever you can think the Marlins are a 500 baseball team and they they've banked so many wins that that's going to be good enough to make the playoffs potentially. Like you can't they're the can't, top wild card spot. Yeah, that's what you can't keep sitting here. We we can't say like well is Cincinnati good? Is Arizona good? Is Miami good? Is San Francisco good? Is Milwaukee good? Is Philly good? Like. A lot of these teams are making the playoffs like there are no legendarily great teams in the NL, except 
the the only team with a chance to ever be discussed that way is the Braves. Um, every other team is going to be like, wow, they they that team won the division in 2023, or damn, they they got in the wild card and made a hell of a run for this roster that I'm looking at five years after the fact. Like, those are the types of teams we're looking at in the NL this year, and like whether that's good or bad, I don't know, but like that that's where those rosters stand outside of Atlanta. Joseph, what stood out to you over the weekend? I say we just keep it in the NL East, man. Let's talk about the fight in Phils. Oh, the Phils, dude! I oh, mean, they shit. had they had a magnificent. I don't know if you saw. They had a magnificent comeback yesterday, and it was just straight up skill that got them <laughs> to win. Straight up, just skill and finesse, and just when you have a lineup as powerful as. The Phillies, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how many runs you're losing by. You could go into the eighth inning down three runs, but when you have Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, mm-hmm. Cassianos, Kyle Schwarber mm-hmm. coming up, you know they're going to come through, and they did. They all got walked or hit by pitch, <laughs> and <laughs> they came back and had maybe the, the uh, comeback victory of the day. Yeah. Against the freaking Mets, who I mean, I mean that's that's a team that we all you know that's a good team, right? So <laughs> I think you got to tip your cap to the Phillies right now. They're playing great. Like I said, mm-hmm. fourth best record in baseball since May twenty fourth. You may say that's just a random fucking date. That doesn't really mean much. Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, Phillies are hitting at all cylinders, and uh, yeah, that's yeah they made an error. Yeah they walked a few guys, hit a few guys, but it'll turn around soon for the Mets, don't you think? Um, maybe. Like, let's see. see you see, here. You see our, uh, our old friend drop the, the console? I did see that. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's probably the right call. <laughs> and he grounds one to third, a chance for two. Beatty oh. hesitates and throws low, and everybody's safe! Harper scores it six to four, and the bases remain loaded. Mets had a chance for two and got none. And then he short armed the ball. And did McNeil have it for a moment? No, I don't. Oh think. no, oh, no, no way! He dropped he, it. He, he dropped he never it. Had it. And it's low ball four. That'll force it a run. It's now a six to five Met lead. 2-2 coming. And inside and hit him, and the game is tied. <laughs> Schwarber is hit by the pitch. Stott comes in to score. And the Mets have let a three-run lead get away. It's now 6-6. Six six. And that one barely oh. missed hitting Turner. And now it's 2-0. Oh. Was it behind him? I, I don't think so. No. Oh, okay. Wow. And he just closed his eyes and stuck out his glove and he caught it. And he hits him, and the Phillies take the lead. Two consecutive bases loaded, hit by pitches, and the Phillies go in front, seven to six. That's so bad. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't know how, I don't know how Mets fans do it. Apparently, they just don't. Like, apparently, uh, you know, Kevin has officially consoled Frank the Tank 
he had a an all time meltdown, all time meltdown. Like moron, moron, <laughs> you are a moron. Look at this, look at this motherfucker. Look at this stupid motherfucker. Look at him. This guy has no clue. He doesn't want to win. He does not want to win. He had this game in his hand, and he went with the first two relievers on the goddamn team. Just bring him. Just call him. Just bring him ten. Yes, he belongs in big up ten. God, the fucking team. Look at all the glasses. Look at the glasses in his go- Look at his focus. This fucking team joke. Uh, and this guy is I, manager. He has no fucking. He is and he's I. Yo, I I hate myself a little bit more every time I laugh at Frank. Uh, every time he makes yeah. me laugh, I'm like, "Fuck, I suck." God damn it. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, Frank is uh, he's the he's the face of Mets Twitter. I mean, no disrespect to Kevin and Clem when I say that, but Frank is the face of Mets Twitter and he's he's he might be close to being the face of baseball Twitter at this point. I, I'll tell you what, then if that's true, then both Mets Twitter and baseball Twitter should fucking console it. Like, <laughs> yeah. If that's where we're at, just fucking everybody take a long walk off a short bridge and just mm. see you later. Did, Yo, did but Kevin it, like put out a video or did you just say console? It was an emerge. I did not listen to the podcast, but it was what looked to be an emergency podcast. Um, oh, he, that, yes, okay, yep, yeah. That said, uh, time to console it, console to size. And I mean, if he's using that <laughs> phrase, then that's as clear cut as it gets. I think <laughs> yep. he knows the rules about all that. So you can't um, unconsole. No such. Thing. No, you cannot. Um, <laughs> but I mean, about whether <laughs> as to whether it is actually time to console. Um, I mean, Fangraphs has their playoff odds at 15.7%. Um, the Cubs are 22. The Padres are the Padres what? are 15.7. So the only teams in the NL with a worse shot at making the playoffs are the Cardinals, the Pirates, the Nationals, and the Rockies. Um, I think I think we all know the Pirates shits over. So rest in peace, Dallas. But the like, I think the Mets are probably it's safe to. <laughs> god what a that all looks so sad in hindsight just like fucking years and years of being just getting trashed because he weirdly attached himself to the pirates and then they have a good month and it's like let me put on a pirate hat and get dressed up in costume and then now they have a 2.7 percent chance to make the playoffs um i think the mets and the cardinals are basically in the same boat like i think the mets roster is better than the cardinals but the Cardinals are eight and a half back in their own division, and the Mets are 15 back. 15 fucking games back. And I know that's like spending time talking about the division is a waste of time because the Braves have that. But like that, that was eye opening to me when I went to check today. I was like, hold, like this is, this is not contested anymore. Um, I don't know. We keep talking, we, we, the Scherzer Verlander thing was what we were hanging on to, right? And like they've been, around and pitching for i mean when how long has verlander been back how many starts has he made um i'm gonna guess like six, six? seven uh, oh he's made yeah. nine starts oh wow that's that's flown by um so you've got nine starts from verlander and four and a half for era 
Yeah. And uh, how many games started for sure? Is it what? 15, uh, 13 at a 3.95 ERA. I think it might be time to say. Like maybe they will pitch better over the course of the season. I expect that they will. But it's kind of getting to be too late to turn around. I mean, maybe the NL being so mediocre ends up saving them if they can get hot. But we're just it's getting extremely late with how bad their record is. And I'm not convinced that their overall roster outside of the star wattage that exists is actually any better than the roster on the Brewers or um, I don't think it is better than the D-backs. Like, I think we we just I overestimated how good their team was coming off of last season. I, I also did that. Um, and we're not alone, but I just remember doubling and tripling down on it when Edwin Diaz got hurt. Just kind of being like, come on, guys. Like, if I I guess I guess the sentiment was still true, but I said, you know, if one guy if one guy getting hurt kind of like pulls a plug on your entire season, then you didn't have a very good team to begin with. And the Mets are a good team. That's kind of what I said. And I still don't, I mean, it's not like they're, it's not like the Mets aren't winning because they don't have Edwin Diaz. Doesn't help. No, it it has basically nothing to do with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's why like what I said still is true. Like, you know, losing Edwin Diaz isn't the reason why you guys are are in the position that you're in. But man, was I wrong about the Mets being good? They they are 26th in baseball in starting pitching ERA and 22nd in baseball in in innings pitched by starting pitchers. That if you told us that in March, that was not the fucking formula for this Mets team. Like that's never what this was supposed to be. And I'm not like I just said I was wrong about the Mets. It's, this isn't me walking any anything back about that. It's like, but. This was a team that was supposed to be built off of high end, not only high end starting pitching, but starting pitching depth too with Senga and Carrasco. And Senga has delivered on his end, but nobody else who's started baseball games for them really has. Um, and that lack of quality and lack of quantity has has just sunk them. Um, and if you would have, there's no reason to expect that they would be good pitching like that. Um, and their offense is not anywhere near good enough to to overcome that sort of pitching malaise, I don't think. Um, no. I mean, what are they in Team OPS this year? Yeah, they're uh, 18th, or tied for 17th. Uh, middle of the pack. Yeah, middle of the pack, which is, I think, what you would expect from this team. So, yeah. They're, they're, unfortunately for them, they play in the, in the division with the only legitimately great team in the NL. Um, but even that, I don't think you stick them in the West, and I don't think they're coming out much better this year. No, I mean, even in the Central, they'd be in fourth place in the Central. Joe, you canceling the season? <laughs> Listen, I saw how that worked out for the Mets last year. I would never do that, mm-hmm. but it's not looking good. <laughs> Are you going to call it? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call it. Listen, say it, Joe. Say it. Say listen, it. this this Joe, division is far. From, this division is far from over. A team like the Mets, a rich history with a lot of boppers. Say it. Did Joe. you forget about Mister Pete Alonso? Came back from a hurt hand. Took him two days. He's a he's a robot. The NL East is over. Say it.
I would never say that. I mean, I'll say it. The NL East is for sure over. That <laughs> they're eight. They're eight games back of the wild card. Like, uh, well, maybe they get Lacastro back. Volga box starts hitting the way we know he can, and they start putting together some runs. Clean up the defense a little bit. Scherzer maybe Scherzer learns a new pitch. Maybe Senga teaches him the ghost. Saint whatever the ghost splitter. It's it's funny given all the commentary about these two teams all season that the Pirates and Mets have the exact same record right now. <laughs> Seven games under thirty five and forty two. I mean, two teams with high expectations going to the for year. sure I mean, exact same out, expectations. But... Yep, exact yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> the stakes Hasn't worked out. Yeah. <laughs> the stakes in the end. Let me remind you guys, it ain't even the all-star break yet. Yeah. The Mets fans can look forward to it. You guys got a lot of baseball left, so you this, can look forward to that. This Mets fan. This has the vibe of being a uniquely awful team to watch when the games don't matter. Like I I, I feel like if this Mets team goes into the tank, that this is going to be some miserable baseball in August and September. Um maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't doesn't strike me as inspiring. <laughs> I was just about to say I wish we could call Kevin, but I feel like if there's like one person over there that we could call that wouldn't give a fuck about the risk of being involved in the podcast, it's probably Kevin. <laughs> and we are now joined wow. by Dallas Braden of the Oakland A's. You know him. You love him. He's pointing to his headphones. He can't hear us. He's going to blame it on us, but it is 1,000% him. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we see ya. <laughs> <laughs> headphones off. The mic is turned up to 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my water bottle, folks. That is Dallas Snifflin. That is Dallas's nostrils. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Yeah, this guy, uh, he can, his microphone is so turned on, you can <laughs> hear his fucking thoughts. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to get that, we're going to get that uh, <coughs> under control. But while we're in the process of doing that, baseball fans, you can be winning every inning with the hottest offers in the game. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered from the top of the first to the bottom of the ninth all season long. And right now, new customers can bet just $5. How do we not mute his fucking nostrils? Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, Don't mute it. all customers can Don't. take a shot at a bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place your parlay by combining three or more bets from the same game. Every additional leg gets you an extra boost up to 100%. Step up to the plate now with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code Jared. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877 877-8- Hope and Y or text Hope and Y in Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 
21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Opt-in and 10-plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we welcome Dallas Braden to the program. Dallas, uh, good morning. Welcome. Get. Hello. This is a big get. Yes. Uh, Hello. Hello. Where are you in? Uh, are you in Stockton, California right now? Uh, I'm in Berkeley, <clears throat> in Berkeley, California. Uh-huh. Where is that geographically speaking? You know, I don't know directions. Uh, it is about 15 to 20 minutes away from Oakland, California. Ah. Right, right near the <clears throat> Cal campus, Cal State Berkeley. Oh, okay. Interesting. University of California. University Berkeley. of California. University yes. of Cal State Berkeley. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's one of those. I Channeling your inner school, Ken so. Kesey. Is that what's going on? I don't know who Ken Kesey is. All right. No problem. <laughs> all right. No problem. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, before <clears throat> I got to go, I got I to gotta, I gotta hit the road, head down to the Cape for some Cape League action. Dallas, you didn't play in the Cape League, did you? Uh, no, I played in the Alaska League. Well, they sent you out of like the country pretty much. Uh, no, I actually did not. <clears throat> I didn't have grades uh, that was going to land me on a summer ball. I only played two years of fucking high school baseball. Are you kidding me? Oh. I was not going to a <laughs> to a fucking collegiate summer league. Mm. Wait, yeah, what sort no, of grades I, I, are I, required to play Northeast summer ball? Uh, well, those grades would probably have you on the radar of a university oh. or many universities <laughs> okay, okay, that okay. would then have you on the radar for summer ball leagues. But if you're not on okay. a university's I, radar, I, I, you're I probably it. not on a summer ball team's <laughs> radar. And that's just kind of how uh, that goes. All right. Well, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I laid out. I was holding awesome. out and I felt like, you know what? Uh, the best way for me to put my uh, before I leave, is probably for me to play against okay. all these kids that you're hyped up about. Got it. Got it. Um. All right. Before I leave, there's uh, something that we have to take care of. Um. Very excited for the return of. Oh wow! The Bane's meter. Oh, you caught me off guard. Is it really time for the Bane's meter yet again? <laughs> yes, it is. Update <laughs> number four of the season. And would you know? We were just talking about canceling the Mets. How could you cancel a season that features? Two people passing the Baines line. <laughs> Starling Marte did it, oh, April 10th. And now on June 24th, now 26th, uh, Francisco Lindor of the New York Mets passes Mr. Baines to become the newest member of the Baines Meter Institute. He does it in fewer than half as many games played, 40% of the games played, and 46% of the career plate appearances. What I found interesting about this one in particular 
was that they have almost the exact same career OPS. Francisco Lindor, Harold Baines. The only difference is one of them was an immobile DH and the other was a gold glove winning shortstop. Um, <laughs> they hit the same, though. One of them's in the Hall of Fame. I can only expect that we'll see Francisco Lindor enshrined. The question will be, does he go in as a New York Met or does he go in as a member of the Cleveland Guardians? Uh, time, time, time will time, I guess. But uh, Harold Baines, Francisco Lindor, newest member to pass the Baines line this season. We've now had four. As a reminder, it's Jason Hayward, Starling Marte, Aaron Judge, and Francisco Lindor. We're going to have another one here within the next couple of weeks, maybe within this week. Um, so be very excited about that. And as once, as always, thanks to everyone for their support uh, of the Baines Meter and the Baines Meter Institute to answer a question I've specifically received. Yes, I am looking into having T-shirts made, both generic Baines Meter T-shirts as well as a class of 2023 uh, Baines Meter t-shirt. Uh, everybody who gets in this year, that obviously won't be available until the offseason. So thank you very much, and congrats to Francisco Lindor, and congrats to Harold Baines uh, on getting his name back in the news. Thank you, Jay Hay. Thank you. And congratulations to Francisco Lindor. That is, uh, That's a huge deal. Yeah, it is. I just can't wait until a player who uh, passes Harold Baines recognizes their involvement in the in the Baines meter. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping, you know, we know a few people who are tight with the Mets. I'm hoping this gets in front of Francisco and, you know, sort of like the Jason Kipnis comments. Yeah, if we're going to put those sorts of things in front of Francisco and ask, have him to answer questions. Let's put this in front of Francisco, too. Let's do the positive stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'd be interested to know that he passed Harold Baines in career baseball reference war. <laughs> um, Dallas, would uh, anything stand out to you over the weekend? Uh, the Rockies got their got their ass whipped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, you guys already talked about that. Did That's they great. though? Uh, well, I mean, kind of like one game, you know. I mean, it's it's tough when you score thirty plus and the other team ends up still taking two out of three. That's that's never <clears throat> it just doesn't promote the kind of team growth that I think you'd like to take away from when you score 25 plus runs 20 whatever the fuck it was in an inning or a 16 and I don't know it was just ridiculous but uh yeah I spent the better part of my day on an airplane and watching baseball uh watching a 12 to 1 route of my Oakland A's mm-hmm. uh, that was not exciting the only thing exciting about that was it happened with the roof open at the Rogers Center which was nice beautiful day in Canada Enjoyed my time in Canada. Great off day in Canada. Um, we actually, well, let me just read this tweet first. Bob Nightingale, the Angels outscored the Rockies thirty-two to twelve this weekend in Denver, and scored more runs in the third inning Saturday than the Rockies produced all weekend, but still managed to lose two of three games in this bizarre series. <laughs> Tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah. Nothing we haven't come to expect though at this point, right? I mean, well, this was this supposed to be a different. This supposed to be a different Angels team this year. It is a different Angels Mm -hmm. team this year. They've shown flashes. Playing a little better baseball, but they are who they are. Yeah, they're 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 a playoff team. 
people are saying. No. Well, when they lose a two out of three while outscoring by 20 runs and choking the first game, then losing the third game by one run when they could have had a chance, like it makes you think maybe it's not. Maybe it's not the right. Maybe it's just maybe it's time to move on. And that, that pains me saying it because, you know, I'm a bigger Angels fan than anybody. That's true. You love but, your Angels. Yeah, that one was a uh, kick in the nuts for the Angels, honestly, <laughs> because you're going against, you know, a team that sucks. And yeah, they're injured. And you're you're not really injured. And you have Shohei, who's the best player of all time, having the best season maybe of all time. And then score 25 runs in one game mm-hmm. and then still lose the other two. Have we discussed the, uh, have we discussed the wild card picture at all? What that looks like? I know it's extremely early. I don't think it's that early. I mean, we talked about the Mets being what eight games back of a fucking wild card spot. Like they're done. Okay. Well, that was so like that, that's what I'm getting at because we'd be having that same conversation about the Detroit Tigers. Right. <laughs> and do any of us fancy the Detroit Tigers? Making a move into wild card contention. At one Probably point, doubtful. it looked like they were going to dabble. Maybe <laughs> I don't. I don't. Well, they they've blown right past dabbling, <laughs> and they are full on. They've got the shakes on the corner, Jared. They're willing to do a lot of different things for you just to get a W today. So that that doesn't have the mindset of somebody who's like, no, you know what? It's okay. I tried it once in in seventh grade, and I'm not really into it anymore. No, the Detroit Tigers are. Like I said, they've got their sleeves up. They've got track marks. They are looking for any fix they can get right now. That's too bad. <laughs> it is. It's unfortunate, that's, but that's just not leading. I mean, what's ridiculous is we're once again having the conversation about four teams from the fucking East. Yeah, well, that's because we have the best team. No, I mean, you guys are in that division too, for sure. <laughs> um but but it's it's really more you know the the other teams outside of just the one team who's not in that conversation, which does happen to be the Red Sox yeah. at this time. You but that Dallas change. Dallas, you can't huh. talk about a team being bad when you're the A's guy. Well, well, well Jared, I'm just a uh, I'm you know just a reoccurring are? guest. You know on who a you are, Dallas. I'm a reoccurring guest on a podcast. You know, That's who I am. You know who you are, Dallas. Tell me who I am. <laughs> You're the you're the fucking bagel boss guy. <laughs> what the? That's who you I, are. I just this is doubt. I'm, Wait, I, I, why I'm, should I'm the pink women say, "Oh, you're five feet on dating sites. You should be dead." That's okay. This is Dallas. Who said that to you here? Nobody. Women in general have said it on dating sites. You think I'm making that shit up? Yeah. Everywhere I go, I get the same fucking smirk with the biting lip. Shut your mouth. You're not God or my father or my boss. Dude, you want to step outside? You want to step outside? Huh? I'm not standing. Out. You shut up, too. Shut the fuck up. Go ahead and attack me, big Oh, my God. That's Dallas. If you're the Oakland A's guy, you can't fucking talk. You can't. No, no, I can. No, you I can't. absolutely can. No, you can't. I absolutely can. No. Why? Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? Because else you're is the bagel boss. What you, I'm experiencing. Can you imagine else if somebody, if you went on a dating site, like a dating app, and somebody was like, "Ew, you are associated with the Oakland A's." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Gross. <laughs> You're the. How about this? I was walking. I was walking down the street and saw. <clears throat> I walked back to the Rogers Center. All right, after the after the second game, I walked back from the Rogers Center to our hotel. That's a three and a half mile walk. Healthy after the game, yep. and I, it was just like, yeah, we'll walk back. You know what? That's what we're gonna do. Um, walked back. I always have a baseball with me, carrying a baseball. I was two and a half miles into this walk. So it's not like I'm walking amongst people who have, you know, filtered out of the stadium and are just walking downtown. Those people have taken cabs home. So I'm walking and I see this random group of people. And uh, one girl in the group has an A's hat on. And I'm like, no fucking way. This is awesome. And I'm with uh, our producer and, a, and our other guy, our, another partner of mine. And I go, hey, you, huh? Ace, let's go Oakland. You gave her the clap and she just stared at me extremely blankly and was like, you know, there was nothing, nothing. no <laughs> response. And I was like, ooh, not a baseball fan, but we're going to make one today. So I, st- I stopped. I was like, hey, you big baseball. Did you guys just come from the game? Knowing full well, she was not just coming from the game. And she was like, no. No, actually, uh, someone just gave me this. I, I needed a hat, and you know, I've just kind of hung on to it. And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, here, would you like a? Would you like a baseball?" She's like, "No, not really into <laughs> baseball." But with the, she's like, what, "Is this your team? Do you like this team?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually, I'm the broadcaster for that team. Um, not impressed at all. Not that she should have been, but like that didn't mean anything at all." You know, and she was like, well, I'll keep the hat. Thanks for the ball, though. And that was it. That was it. Just a very brief, unexciting interaction with a fan that I thought was going to be an A's fan. Definitely not an A's fan. Just really wearing it for head cover. Did she have the biting lip? There was there was, <laughs> there was no biting lip, Joe. There was, there was no biting lip. She looked at me like I was an absolute psycho. Like, well, why are you handing me a baseball? On the on the fucking street corner right now. I'm just trying to walk with my friends. What is this? <laughs> just, just thought you should have the ball. Saw the hat. Thought I wanted you to have the baseball. Didn't matter to her. She took the ball. Kept it walking. Mm. Don't know if I grew the game yesterday, boys. I tried. No, very hard as an A's guy to do that. I tried. Canadians, bro. <clears throat> um, before I get out of here, we got to do our baseball is dead. Uh, parlay. Oh. My pick. Josh Young. Two plus total bases. Oh, look at you all over Young money. Mm-hmm. You would be. You would. You be. would. Rangers. I mean, it's a it's a very shit slate today. <clears throat> but the Rangers are playing the Tigers, going up against Matt Boyd in his five thirty seven ERA lefty, and Josh Young. Ty, no, he's 11th in the big leagues in slugging percentage against left-handed pitching this year. Josh Young, two-plus total bases, Jake. Dallas? Uh, I mean, can somebody, can somebody else go? I'm yeah, just pulling I'll up go. the book right now. Uh, I'm taking, Thank I'm you. sticking with, in that matchup. I'm just uh, going with the game result, though. Uh, Rangers uh, to win against the Tigers, minus 195. All right. Well, how about how about um, I'm gonna go with uh, Matt McClain, two total bases. Mm. 
We done with that? Mm-hmm. I believe. I believe Dylan sees. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, you know what? Do I want? Yeah. Probably go that route. Yeah. I'm going to go Dylan Cease. We're going to take the over on uh, six and a half punch outs for Dylan Cease squaring off against the Halos. Um, that's my, that's my pick. That's my, that's the route I'm going here very quickly. Not unable to dive but just surface level bet here. Just, just kicking rocks down the road. That's where I'm rolling. Dylan sees over six and a half. That sits at minus one thirty-five. Okay. If you like the under, it's a plus one hundred six and a half. But I like the over at six and a half. This feels like a winner to me. This parlay. Yeah, it's probably a winner. Feels strong. Strong to quite. Did strong. Uh, have we di- have we discussed our last uh, our last parlay? How that went? Yeah, we we did a deep. Joey dive. claims to have hit his pit. What's the fucking beeping? I'm trying to fix it, bro. <laughs> I don't like living with fucking beeps and shit either, but listen. Joe is that's the fucking what we're doing right king now. of random noises in the background. Um, also the king of getting the parlay pick, right? Yeah, Last he claims week. he got it right. I feel like he didn't. Well, I mean, it's pretty yeah. easily. Like, you can just go back and look at the pick, right? Yeah, I'm just going to choose to believe him. <laughs> but well, he's wrong, because I know I'm the only one who got it right. That's what you I got thought. got it right, and I got it right. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> Joe I'll look it up. Deceiver. I don't know. Maybe Jake can help me out here, but he's probably not going to do it because, you know, he has to ride with, with Jared, so he's just going to turn a blind eye. No, he's not going to look it up. I'm, no, Jake, I got to do... I, Jake I'm speaks looking I got to look it up. Carlos Correa to get a hit versus the Red Sox on June 19th. Yeah. Siri, did Carlos Correa get a hit against the Red Sox? Yes. He did. did. He, got, he got a single in the last inning. His last at bat. Whatever you say. All right. I got to get out of here. Heading to uh, the Cape League. Which, by the way, if you've never checked checked out Cape League baseball, uh, tickets are free. But if you want to go to an event where you have to pay for tickets, you got to go to game time. Because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets for their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. Uh, if you want to head out to an Oakland A's game, plenty of tickets still available right now. Um, flash deals, last-minute tickets, easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Um, you know, It's a lot of good stuff over there. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Uh, game Time guarantee means that you'll get the best price and if you find the uh, same tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you are set to go. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Jared for $20 off your first purchase. That is J A R E D. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use the promo code Jared for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. 
because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Um, Dallas, what do you got? I uh, thrown out the first pitch for the Bourne Braves tonight. Strike or a ball? Bounce it high, left, right box. Uh, I, I got you probably going high. Probably going to sail it. You're a little excited, which means you're probably going to move a little quicker down the slope. I than literally you're used threw to a strike down the middle on the slope. Red Sox, Yankees, if, if Fenway you Park. even get up on the slope, that's what I'm curious about. Dallas is my biggest hater. I've come to that conclusion this season. Like my eyes have been open to this. <laughs> the Dallas is my what? biggest hater. Like there's no one. So you that- just. That you don't know how to process more than you Dallas. don't know how to process motivation. That's all. You don't know how That's to process motivation. motivation. <laughs> You're fucking soft. S A W F T. Soft. You don't know how to process motivation. That's it. That's all. That's all. That's, I'm gonna choke the shit out of you for that, Jay. You gotta come see me first. You know where I'm at. Yeah, I was just CT strong. All right. It's been real. Uh, you guys have fun. Hey, good luck tonight. Um, thank you. Thank you. I left the numbers on the fridge as always. Just, uh, you know, lights off at 1030. Okay. You enjoy yourself. Yeah, I'll be good. Let's now. talk about the pirates. Uh, yeah, you guys talk about the pirates. All right. Bye. Touched on Freddie Freeman joining the 2000 hit we club. We did. We did. But if you have anything okay. to say, feel free to get in on that. Uh, no, I just, I, I did think it was uh, intriguing to think that Freddie Freeman has swung the bat the way he has, and I'm sure you guys hit on whether or not he could probably get to 3,000, I'm sure, right? We didn't. What are, like, have, have we have we bore out what he would need to do over the next, because how old, how old is Freddie? So he's in his 32 age, age years old, 30, age 33 years old. So has Freddie got another decade in him? I don't know. Mm. Pro- probably not. Yeah, probably not. I mean, the- I, don't so, I don't know. Is baseball his number one priority? That's the real question. Well, I mean, Joe, we know that it's not. We know that he cares about his family. We know that he cares about things outside of the game, which is why he was off your favorite player list very quickly. <laughs> so understanding yep. that Freddie Freeman gives a shit about things outside of the game of baseball, and he is 33 years old, has just hit the 2,000 hit club. Um, we're looking at 200 hits a year for the next five seasons plus for Freddie to get to that mark. Do we see him getting to 3000 hits? That is the well, question. If, if you look at the list of the 3000 hit club, it's about, I don't know, 10, 15, 20, 20, 25 guys. It's like 75% of them are either divorced or have been divorced. Like, and I don't see that happening to Freddie. Interesting. So that's kind of where I fall. It's going to be tough. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. The guy's an amazing hitter. Has Freddie, has he ever, has he ever gotten 200 hits in a season would be my question. Not yet. Last year, he was one off. 199 last year. Hmm. Probably not going to start happening. No, probably not going to just out of nowhere start happening. So is it fair to say that one Frederick Freeman could be knocking on the door of 3,000, but will not get there? You're on the hot seat. What do you got? I'm going to say Freddie Freeman. Does not get to three thousand hits. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he does either. I just looked at the math real fast. So he's got. There have been ninety three players in baseball history to reach two thousand hits through their age thirty three season. So that's what he's currently in. There have been thirty three people who have reached three thousand hits. Period. So almost exactly a third 
of the people who hit 2000 group. through age whatever go on to then uh become part of the 3000 hit club so i think it's way more likely than not that he does um or that he does not i mean um and yeah i think it's i think it's probably like a 26 2700 thing i don't think it's going to be a real threat at 3000 what number will be the the new generation's 3000 hit i don't think it is i don't think it's happening i don't think that number exists i don't think it's going no. to be no i really don't because like i i think it's going to remain 3000 i don't think that number is changing like cuz you could say all right a guy people will celebrate getting to 2000 because so so few people get, i i just don't think the current generation is going to care about reaching 2000 hits in the way that people have cared well, about reaching 3000 hits. I just don't think you'll either reach 3000 or you won't be celebrated for how many hits you get, I think is kind of yeah. what I'm getting at. Well, well yeah. That, and that, that's kind of where my mind was going is with the game evolving the way it is, is there going to be a threshold that changes where we're having the conversation? Yeah. Well, remember, you know, early 2010s and, and moving forward, the true three, the true three outcome was, was a big deal in the game at that time. And so to see a guy, come into the game during that era and work his way up to, I don't know, north of 2,500. Let's see, he's at 2,700, 2,800 hits. Would you look at that number 50 years from now and consider that individual an outlier in their era because of everything that I just said? Because there's going to be guys who punch out a fucking thousand times plus, right? And there's guys back in the day who were in that 3,000 hit club I'm punching out a thousand times. I mean, I, I think I think I and we will be able to appreciate that person properly. I just don't think it's going to be because he got to 2,800 hits. I think it's just going to be like, wow, this guy was his career. Here's his career batting average. Here's how many home runs he hit. His OPS or his whatever his war, whatever. Like that's why we view him as a great player, and it's not because he hit the 2,800 hit threshold or the 2500 hit threshold i just think part of what makes baseball special and you know it'll also make it difficult to to market in this way in some ways moving forward but like the old records mean something and hopefully will always mean something and like i don't really want the standard to change like i want the pursuit of 3000 hits oh, to yeah. remain a thing but like we just may not see it. We may see it once every 20 years or something well, like that well, as opposed to. Put, yeah. Put it like this, Jay. And, and, and Joey, think about this. Are we ever, are we ever <clears throat> going to have a conversation, like a realistic conversation about a pitcher getting to 300 wins again? No. No. We're just not. We're not ever going to have that conversation. We're not. And so. Have we learned to appreciate other things about these guys who are never going to be knocking on the door of the 300 win club? And I think the answer is yes. And I think we've learned to it because we don't have anybody like, oh, well, you know what? If things, things work out well, he could very well be challenging Cy Young for 511 fucking. No, no, he's not. Nobody's challenging Phil Necro at 300 and whatever fucking 20. Like, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that, that's, well, that's maybe why. it's going to be I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's they start. How about thirty eight point eight? What does that number mean to you? Maybe it's the war. Maybe it's 
players who pass Harold Baines. Like that's the new three thousand club. It could Fuck be that. Yeah, Joey. Fuck yeah. Thirty-eight eight <laughs> rolls off. But the it, like seriously, yeah, thirty-eight point eight got the thirty-eight point eight club. You know, chalk them yeah. in Hall of Famer right there. Thirty-eight point eight. There's only how many guys right now? There's one guy. There's one guy right. One guy that's active right now that you could even barely begin to broach the conversation of three hundred. Yuri Perez. And <laughs> I was gonna go with Verlander, but Yuri was probably my close second. Yeah. Hey, what's so and, JV, and, JV's at two forty six? Yeah, he's Ugh. not getting there. No, he's not getting there. Um, you know what I mean? And and who's coming in after him? You know, like think about the next the next viable option after him that anybody listening to this podcast, their name that they would remember, um, CC. How many how many wins did CC have? Two hundred fifty something. Yeah. So, so so Garrett Cole. I'm looking at. Sorry, I got distracted. So I'm looking at the all time or the active leaders list for career wins. And like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously if Verlander's not going to do it, then Granky, Scherzer, Kershaw are not going to do it. And no. uh, you know, and then there's some non-serious candidates like Wainwright, Camels, Cueto. And then you get to Col- Garrett Cole, it's like, oh, okay, a, a legit ace pitcher, like eighth on the active list. Like, let's see. So he has 138 wins and he's in his age 32 season. Justin Verlander finished his age 32 season with 157 wins. So Garrett Cole, first of all, would need 25 more wins this season um, to Not equal happy. what Justin Verlander, or, sorry, 19 more wins. My math was bad there. 19 more wins this season to equal what Justin Verlander needs or had. So he's not going to do that. And we're acknowledging that Verlander is probably not going to do it himself. So Garrett Cole is probably a non-starter candidate in his own right. And then you can sail through the net, like all of these people, like Bumgarner, Lynn, Morton, Sale, oh, Kluber, oh. Strasburg, Carrasco, Ian fucking Kennedy, Wayne, Wade Miley, Dallas Keuchel, and you Darvish. Those are all the active pitchers with 100 or more wins. So, you know, you know, what would be interesting to look at, Jay Hay, is the average length of outing of guys in the 300 win club compared yeah. to anybody over the last 20 years. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's a differential of two innings pitched per start. And if probably. that's the case, like, and there you go, you can extrapolate that out and realize why it's never going to fucking happen again. Like, I, I I'm going down this list. I'm now into the 60s, and, and mm-hmm. I'm not finding anybody who is in, there's in, nobody. Like, all these people nobody. are in their 30s. Like, Jose Barrios is 29 Jay, years this, old and has 80 wins. This shit, this shit keeps me up at night. I swear to God, this shit keeps me up at night because I think about, um, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately because we just lost Vita Blue, and like Vita was at two hundred and nine wins, two hundred nine. Shout out two hundred nine. Why Vita from the area? Two hundred nine. Um, two hundred nine wins, and this dude, like, argue, arguably the trajectory that he was on, that he entered the game with. You're like, well, this. This dude could fuck around and win 300 games. Like, if things keep going the way they're going for Vita Blue right now, yeah. And then, you know, 209. 100 and... 101 wins away. I've gotten all the way through the top 100. So that's everybody with 40 or more career wins. Active, okay? And the only person I can find whose case is not laughable right from the start Obviously, it's very unlikely, but 
not laughable is Julio Urias with 54 wins in his age 26 season. Verlander finished his age 26 season with 65. So he's already off the Verlander pace, but everybody else is like a complete non-starter. They're already 30 and they don't have 100 wins. It's just crazy. Like I, I knew the situation was bad, but yeah. Oh, it's bad. When you step it's back, bad, it's bad. <laughs> when you look like <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, I think the, isn't that bad. I mean, come on. The man. top four the guys have been carrying kind of the pitching mantle for so long with Verlander, Granke, Scherzer and Kershaw. Like they've been in our lives yes. for fifth, like a decade and a half, basically all of them. And well, like it's the it, same. It's covered it's up the same. fact that that next generation basically doesn't exist. It's not that they're not going to hit 300. It's like that there is no next generation of pitcher that's going to take the mantle is like this is these are the horses of this of this era because like and as we just laid out it's like Garrett Cole and then it's nobody else who's consistent on a year to year basis or healthy or has logged anywhere near enough innings to even be considered in this conversation. It's crazy. But what the is it an innings thing cuz I mean Yes. Who's sure. getting taken out of who's getting taken out of a game that they're winning before the fifth? Like how many wins are you really losing? Like no one's getting taken out before the fifth. If you're an elite pitcher and your team's winning, like unless you're it's like I guess a bloodbath, like eight to fucking six. But I don't you're, see how that affects wins that much. Well, how, if it's just length of game. Well, that that's the idea is they're not concerned with how many pitches it was taking to get through the nine innings of work. So, hey, I'm really tired today. Why? Well, because today I threw 212 pitches. Yeah, I'd be tired too. What about three days ago, though? Well, I only threw 142, so I'm not as tired. You know, that's a conversation that fucking Bud Galvin is having with his teammates. You know, well, how many starts (laughs) did you make this year? Uh, Just 40. You know, it was a down year. Like, that's... That's the kind of shit that's going on. Those are the kind of conversations that are going on <clears throat> back in the day. And that's just not going to be a thing at all. Not going to be a thing at all. Like the lowest, um, the lowest inning total for someone who has won 300 games is over 4,500 innings. 4,500 innings. That's the lowest inning total. Okay. Justin Verlander, as it sits right now, has 3,200 plus innings. Justin Verlander has 246 wins. Early win, we all know him, we all love him. Early win, sitting right at the 300 win mark, has 4,564 innings. The only other person with anything less, I mean, (laughs) is Lefty Grove. Who, who did all that in 3,940 innings, 3,940 and two thirds innings. Lefty Grove got to 300 wins. I think we've stumbled upon the key to getting to 300. You got to bank those early wins. Oh, Jay. Hey, you are just a fucking wordsmith. All right. We got to take a break and talk some blue moon. Beer is a tried and true baseball tradition, but blue moon is the only beer brewed by baseball. Blue moon was born in a ballpark first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one of a kind baseball tradition, whether you're at the park or watching from home. My tradition over the last month and a half has been sitting down with a case full of blue moons and watching the Red Sox be the most absolutely mid team of all time. And it sucks but it would suck a lot more if I didn't have Blue Moons with me. 
because with its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something one-of-a-kind? Its bold flavor, bright color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful, bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Keep baseball traditions alive with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeer.com rocket to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com rocket. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly, Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Got to bank those early wins. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like the boys are banking the early wins. No. Uh, they're going to need to max out those innings Yo, but if like, that's the case. To, to continue, like, because this is obviously a Hall of Fame conversation in some form, right? Where it's like, you know, there are certain numbers that people have gotten to and that locks them into the Hall of Fame or whatever. And, like, I think we've done a good job as a baseball community kind of readjusting our standards for ace level pitching. Like there's there's nobody on the planet who or there are very few people on the planet who don't understand that those top four guys that I discussed earlier and that we're all on this. Like everybody's on the same page about their Hall of Fame candidacy. They're all going to get in where you place them may vary, but they're all Hall of Famers. But like. I'm now genuinely curious what the Hall of Fame standard is going to be for that next generation of pitchers because, like, w- they're not getting to 300. They're most of them are probably not getting to 250. Like, nope. do we even care? Change. Do, they, do we even care about the number of wins? Given that we've all devalued pitcher wins, I think for the most part, very appropriately. But like, what what does a Hall of Fame pitcher, you- starting pitcher, look? Because we've had the reliever conversation. That's a little bit easier, I think. What is a starting pitcher who's a Hall of Famer who retires in, let's say, 2030 or 2035, a guy who's like in the middle of his career right now? What does that look like? What does it look like? Who is it, that? Person? It looks I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now what it looks like. It looks like more <clears throat> of a perfect game showcase than it does a baseball Hall of Fame. And what I mean by that is. When these players go to these perfect game or travel ball showcases, the actual result of the play is not what's prioritized. Meaning, did you go out and get outs? Great. Did you move a guy over? Did you make the right throw? Did you hit the cutoff right? Those are things that are not prioritized, unfortunately. Unfortunately, we're looking at swing speed. Unfortunately, we're looking at exit velocity. We're looking at attack angle for some of these hitters. And then on the player side we're looking at arm strength right they got the gun on you from shortstop they got the gun on you from the outfield and then on the mound they got the gun on you and they're getting all the data feedback right your spin rate your spin efficiency 
uh, H movement V break on all of your pitch offerings. Did I talk about a single fucking out anywhere in there? Did I talk about actual performance anywhere in there? No. And that's why it doesn't matter is because coaches these days when they're recruiting sometimes won't even show up to these cases or these these showcases and, and not sometimes won't show up. A lot of times won't show up. Why? Because they can get on the computer and look at the TrackMan data and get all the answers that they're looking for because they've created these number baselines where if you're a player who's not achieving this on your fastball spin rate or you're a shortstop who's not achieving this on your arm strength across the diamond or exit velocity off the bat or your swing speed is just lacking, we're not even going to entertain you. I don't need to get on an airplane and drive all the middle, drive all the way, or I don't need to get on an airplane and go all the way to fucking Wichita, Kansas to watch you do that when I can pull up that data on the internet and realize that I was out on you before I ever even had to buy a ticket. So the, the, no, I, I, the, the, go ahead. No, I totally understand what you're saying. I just like, so, so it looks, it's going to look different because, because what we valued in the past and I, I find it funny that we don't entertain this more and that, and I think it's honestly because there's groups of, analytically driven individuals who are starting to realize, you know what? All of the numbers I've been force feeding these people are starting to make it really apparent how important it would be to have a starting pitcher do everything I've been rallying against for the past decade, which is get deeper into a ball game so he can be a part of the decision. And instead, you've got a guy maxing out in four and two thirds. Why? because they're from the perfect game showcase era and the game is now being assessed in that manner. So we'll let the dude ride for four and two thirds and max him out pedal to the metal, get him out of there. Why? Well, because we got another dude in the bullpen that we're ready to fucking pedal to the metal and we'll get him out of there when we've maximized his offerings and so on and so forth. So you find that unicorn who's going seven innings and is actually a part of the decisions these days. And you're like, damn, I would love to have a dude like that. Yeah, those were called starting pitchers from the 80s. So, like, so we were looking at wins, right? Now I've pulled up the wins above replacement leaderboard to use a more modern stat to see if that, like, helps the modern pitcher in this regard. And, like, so I was going, I'm looking at the career war leaderboard, and it's, a, it, it's at about roughly 60 or 65 career wins above replacement that you start to traditionally be, like, a Hall of Fame lock as a pitcher. Like, CC mm-hmm. ended at 61.8. Juan Marichal's at 61.8, Drysdale's at 61.4, David Cohn at 61.6. He's not a Hall of Famer, but three three out of those four guys that I named are Hall of Famers. So that's right around the point where you start to be considered a Hall of Famer. And then I pulled up the active leaderboard. So dismissing the top four guys that I talked about earlier, you then go to Cole Hamels at 58, who is basically not pitching at the major league level anymore. And then Sale and Wainwright, who are too old. And then like, so looking for candidates of guys who would be the next. You have Aaron Nola, who's at 31-1, so he's halfway there, and he's in his age 30 season. You have Yu mm-hmm. Dar- Darvish is halfway there. He's 36 years old. Lance Lynn's halfway there. He's 36 years old. Zach Wheeler has 26, and he's 33. So it's like, I, I'm just looking at these names, and every single one of them is would be, if before we had this conversation, would be like if you told me this person went on to make the Hall of Fame, 
I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. Like that guy went on to be a hall of fame pitcher. Like all, that's how all of these guys are. Like even Aaron Nola, who's like the most optimistic case going right now. Like if Aaron Nola is a hall of fame pitcher, 15, 20 years from now, I'd be like, damn well, man. Like Jay, hey, those, those names, those names you just mentioned, like Darvish or, or Wheeler. Do these dudes even have 2,000 innings under their belt? No. Wheeler's at 12. He's at less than 1,300. So go to CC. I got CC 3,000 innings, 4,000 innings, maybe somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. CC through 3,500, 3,577. Smack dab in the middle. God damn, I'm good at this. So game. he's like, a, so Wheeler's um, like a third of the way to CC. And, and, and we're talking about CC being a cusp guy. Like CC's in for my money. Oh yeah, yeah. He, and, he'll definitely get in, but I'm just saying, like, the historical standard, CC's not like an inner circle Hall of Fame pitcher. Sh- yes, yeah, and that, that's why. Yeah, I just, I said cusp, like meaning we're we're not putting him on the cusp, but as far as the numbers that you laid out and those those baselines, like yeah, we're talking about him being on the fringe or the cusp of being in that group. So again, the innings pitched, and that's why. That's why. You're not for the same reason that nobody's going to break Joe D's record. You're just you're not going to you're not going to have the opportunities that the guys in the past had. Simply put, so Joey, to your point, to the yes, it's about the innings, and that's why I've always said for everything that the analytics devalue about a starting pitcher, that's everything that the analytics is searching for. It's everything that they would love to have, but are in the same breath devaluing. Because if you put a bunch of nerds together in a room and gave them stat lines of guys who were going eight innings a time, damn near nine innings a time, and then attaching the wins to those outings, more times than not, I bet those same analytically driven minds would start to identify those names with all of those innings by the amount of W's they had and go, well, why don't we just look at how many games they won and we'll see what that looks like. Oh. Oh, wow. All these guys who won all these games, it looks like they're pitching deep into ball games. And well, I want a guy who pitches deep into a ball game. Why? Well, because it looks like they win the game more times than not. Well, I thought the wins didn't matter. Oh, well, fuck. Did, did we just go full circle? We may have. <laughs> we may have. It's a war. It's a war of wars. That's it. That's why you yep. got it. Like you I know. said. Max out the fucking innings. More innings you pitch, more war you get. The more war you get, the more you are good. That's but yeah, but the analytics say don't pitch too many innings. How are you going to get high war? Do the math, Joe. Do the math. That does some side adding up. But all I know is if you're not going to max out your innings, what you need to do is max it out when it comes to streaming. That's why my first draft pick is Max. Max has the best, the absolute best entertainment. For whatever mood you're in. Maybe it's drama. Huh? I don't know. My go-to. You like superhero movies? Of course you do. Jay, hey, you're a big Shazam guy. We've talked about this. Uh, you're a big Batman guy. We talked about, we talk about yep. the videos you like to make at home wearing the masks. I don't know if those are Batman related or not, but they're still fun. I like to watch them uh, in my spare time. Some days, Wait, though, how did you get I'm, I'm into home those? renovations. What's that? I said, how'd you get a hold of those? <laughs> well, it's... <clears throat> Maybe dark webbish. Anyway, there's some days that I'm into the home renovation. You know, when dark I night, really night. want to watch something get hammered. Yeah, fixer upper. They got me covered. Welcome home, hometown. Really take your pick. 
maybe an hour later, I'm, I'm looking for some original content like Curb Your Enthusiasm. Ever heard of it? Shout out LD, Big Bang Theory. You like stuff from out of this world? That's a show that's out of this world. And if I'm watching with the family, little kiddos, you know, you got the classics that Max offers like Sesame Street, the original Sesame Street. I have Gremlins, so I've showed my Gremlins, the Gremlins movie. They love it. I love it. Shout out Gizmo. Uh, Secrets of the Mogwai, get it in you. And you cannot wait to pick the best streaming entertainment that comes with Max. They got something for every single mood you could possibly think of when it comes to watching television. You're streaming, folks. And a plan starts as little as $9.99 a month with Max. That's right. It's the one to watch. Subscription is required. So visit max.com. Uh, all right. I'm uh, I'm sad that I missed your guys' banter in the early part, but I think we have uh, pretty much solved the case for why analytics need to completely go away when valuing starting pitching. Um, we went ahead and solved that. You're welcome uh, to that. I have uh, two final thoughts quickly. Please give them to us. Yep. So over the weekend, it came out that, you know, Josh Donaldson, uh, you know, the, the report before the report, as I like to say, um, he's going to be playing consistently after sitting out three straight games. Uh, countdown to Donaldson being outright released uh, has officially begun. Uh, he has a 673 OPS in 617 plate appearances and 153 games played in his Yankees tenure. Um, I don't think anybody expected him to be the MVP, Josh Donaldson, when they acquired him. But just a quick reminder that in the two seasons prior to becoming a Yankee, 20 and 21, he had an 829 OPS. So it's about 150 OPS drop, even from that, you know, kind of post peak Donaldson that we saw. Um, And it's gotten really bad this year Um, of the 205 AL players with at least 70 plate appearances this year. His weighted runs created plus is tied for 181st. Uh, He's basically been unplayably bad offensively. Uh, One of the key things is, is who do you have to replace players uh, if you're not going to uh, play them anymore? And as we detail with the Yankees, uh, roster depth is a little bit of an issue. So Donaldson may get a little bit of a reprieve, um, but wanted to call that out. And then more of a newsy item that I just happened to see, uh, John Paul Morosi, or John Morosi, I guess, as he goes by now, um, tweeted out that the Rangers have broached the possibility of acquiring Andrew McCutcheon in a deal with the Pirates, uh, but the Pirates are not prepared to move yet. Uh, He goes on to say that the Rangers would be additionally interested if there was a pitcher as part of the deal, Uh, but the Andrew McCutcheon part is is obviously way more interesting right now. Um, That caught my eye because McCutcheon's largely played DH this year, and I was thinking, well, the Rangers have like maybe the best offense in baseball. Why? Do they need a DH? Um, and then I went and looked, and turns out, despite having one of the best offenses in baseball, they've gotten almost nothing from their DH this year. They ranked 22nd in baseball in war out of their DH at negative 0.1 um, and not much better in basically any other category that you would pick. If I want to pick slugging, for example, they ranked 26th in baseball and slugging out of the DH. So, um, actually might be a really nice fit for the Rangers if they can it's, work that out. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say it's because it's because everybody that rakes on that team is already like entrenched into a position. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like everybody else that might that you might plug in at DH, probably not going to give you those eye popping DH 
producing type numbers. So yeah, I think <laughs> I would absolutely fucking hate to see that, but uh, it makes sense in the pursuit of the championship that the Texas Rangers are after. God damn. Uh, I can't, I, I've gotten whip, whiplash. My neck is sore from how quickly we've gone from pirates or buyers to pirates or selling the face of the franchise. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. It's not, it's about one team kicking the tires on plugging somebody in that could help them. I'm this gonna, isn't about lowering any flags here, pal. I'm glad right? we're wrapping up because I need to go see the chiropractor. Oh my God, my neck. Ugh. Fucking I just get rear-ended. Uh, highway collision. <laughs> You're about to get rear-ended. <laughs> Young Joseph, what do, you, what do you got? <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> Shout out to London. Oh, that was a bad accent. Whoa. <laughs> was that a Jamaican accent? <laughs> that was that Shout out to London, man. <laughs> Shout out to London. Wow, we were playing baseball in London this weekend. Right it near was the beach, Joe. Wembley Stadium right near the How beach. How long were you practicing that in your head before it came out of your mouth? And like, no, oh, no, oh, no. Now what? Oh, shit, I can't take that back, can I? That's out there. <laughs> Let's go, Cubs. They it's won the first game. What is this? Let's go, Cubbies. I love this game here. Why you been hiding this game from us? This is a mighty fine game here, baseball. It's great to see the London fans come out. 55K plus absolute scenes. Um, it's good to see the sport run. No, to answer your question, Jay, hey, no, I was, uh, I, hey, I got caught off guard. Every time I get final thoughts, I forget I got a final thought. And I have so many thoughts. So you got to come up with one. That time, I'm shouting out London and the Cubbies. And I was surprised how many London folks love baseball, man. I see them on Twitter. The British people love baseball. It's great to see. Let's grow the game. Let's go. <laughs> That's good. That, that accent really rounded into form there by the end. Uh, <laughs> Holy shit. I have bought weed off guys with less of a Jamaican accent in Jamaica than Joey just came through. <laughs> yeah, take, taking Jamaica's next, man. Let's take it to Jamaica next year. Grow the game. Taking the term British. British grow the game. <laughs> British colony. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Who needs Jared? Am I right? Yeah, that is fantastic. We do um, a little, we do a little pitcher standard Hall of Fame breakdown, followed up by, uh, you know, a little Jamaican <laughs> British accent. accent. Yep. <laughs> hey, I mean, just just real quickly, nobody was more excited to fire that off <laughs> until the first word came out of his mouth, and he realized, <laughs> you know what? That's not. I don't think that's the strongest accent I could have put forward there. <laughs> <laughs> but Joe, I, hey, you are all the way out on that limb, Joe, and I'm fucking yeah, appreciative for, of that. I love that. Don't let these haters keep you down. No. Um, nah. I, my final thought was uh, spending time in Toronto. I had a great time in Toronto, but you know, Ellie Dela Cruz, <laughs> the cycle. We talked about the cycle being one of the most exciting plays, if not the most exciting play in baseball. Uh, just with the crowd momentum and everything coming around second, slide into third, everybody loses their shit. It's a great moment. Um, but in Toronto, fans have not forgotten. Let me tell you, they have not forgotten about a couple guys who <clears throat> were able to achieve the cycle 
maybe in a different way than Ellie Dela Cruz did, finishing on a triple, hustling all the way. There were some individuals who pulled up short of the extra base hits they probably could have gotten in an effort to secure the cycle for themselves. Mm. And Toronto Blue Jays fans, not happy about it. And they will let you know about it, too. Wait, yeah. who they didn't hustle? Who? Who would do uh, that? One individual by the name of Jeff Fry and another individual by the name of Kelly Gruber. Instead of <laughs> heading to second with a clear-cut double in front of them, guys shut it down at first base so that they could achieve the cycle. And I said, well, those aren't cycles. Technically, statistically, they are. But that's not a cycle you get to go back to the clubhouse and talk about. That's not a cycle that gets acknowledged like, oh, yeah. No. No, you didn't. Oh, so they they secured the cycle by slowing down. Correct. Kelly Gruber went on to found Group Hoop, right? That that company? (laughs) Is that the... (laughs) Talk about the snack delivery? Yeah. I will say, I I show some love for that because, you know, a couple weeks ago, I fucking fucked my hamstring up. And I wish I could take my pants off for you boys to see this fucking (laughs) bruise. You heard me right, dog. This bruise on my fucking leg from pulling my hamstring or or tearing it is fucking disgusting. And shout out to Sean Murphy. I know you're dealing with it too, brother Muncie. I know we're all dealing with it. Let's get back healthy together. And uh, heal up the hamstrings. So, yeah. Just Bad hammy squad. Bad hammy squad for Joe. That's okay. Hang Terrible. in there, Joe. Terrible. Bounce back. Uh, we will be back manana. No. Uh, no, we won't. No, what's today? Today's my fuck. I don't know. No, we're not going to be back tomorrow. We're not going to see you till Wednesday. But we will be back Wednesday. Wednesday. Jared's having a blast out at the Cape. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy your Monday afternoon. Wow.